You're listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind with Jess Kovic, episode number 68. Welcome to Confessions of the Creative Kind. I'm your host, Jess Kovic, media producer by day, designer, photographer, and creative entrepreneur by later that day. Join me as I stumble through life as an artist, pick myself up, and confess everything that I've learned on the way down. Y'all ready for this? Let's do it. Well, hello, everybody. How is your day, week, evening, night, whenever you're listening to this podcast? How's it going? I'm concerned for you. I hope you're doing well in these trying, unprecedented times. I am doing well. I'm counting down the days until we go on our road trip, vacation, the first bit of travel that we've had in this whole pandemic pretty much this whole year since the start of the year so I'm counting down the days by the time this comes out on the Monday we'll be going on the Wednesday don't you worry about the podcast because I've already got a episode lined up that'll be airing the Monday that I'm back but it it will be pre-recorded because I'm gonna be out this weekend hiking and road tripping anywho I'm very excited can't wait. Can't wait to share with you how it went. I can't wait to take a bazillion photos that I'm going to share on my Patreon for my sweet asset patrons that have signed up for the top tier of the Patreon, where you get access to my Dropbox folder of stock images to use however you'd like. And you bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to fill it with a ton of road trip photos. So excited to break out my camera and do that. Now, I'm going to be taking my DSLR, my fancy professional type camera, more or less professional. It's a Canon 6D with a kit lens and some cheapy lenses, but it's more than an iPhone. But that brings me to the topic of discussion today. I've recently been doing some projects where I've done some iPhone photography, and I want to share with you what I've been doing, some of the tips and some of the things I've learned along the way. Even though I'm going to be bringing my DSLR, the Canon, the Canon 6D on the road trip, I think I'm going to have a healthy mix of iPhone photography as well. And that'll probably be the type of photos that I share on the fly, share in my Instagram story. So you might see a couple of tidbits here and there on Instagram as we go along on our trip, but the bulk of it, the photos, and most likely a vlog will be loaded onto the Patreon. So if you're interested and want to see a lot more content and get access to that content, you can join the Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash jesskovic, you can check it out. I'll also put a link to it in the show notes at jesskovic.com forward slash podcast forward slash 68 for this episode's show notes. Speaking of the Patreon, I want to give a shout out to a patron that I've met in the real life that has been a guardian and helped me out for the past three years at RTX Rooster Teeth Expo, a convention that I regularly exhibit at for the past few years now. And they've been an amazing help and a guardian all of that time. Of course, Rooster Teeth is not going to be putting on RTX in the similar way that it did prior years because of you know why the whole situation so I am sad that I will not get to see Suppy I want to shout out Suppy um I missed seeing you this year that is a bummer that you know we don't get to see each other in person hopefully we get to next year hopefully you're still guardian Suppy is the greatest and 
always buys merch, even though she doesn't have to. Um, it's always just a pleasure and a delight to hang out with her through the weekend while she's working really, really hard, but also just a delight and is now a patron. So gets to join the community as a sweet asset. So shout out to you, Suppy. Hope we get to see each other next year in the future. And I appreciate you for all the support that you have always shown myself and my business and my creative endeavors. So you're the best. All right. I have a quickie confession because I remember that I do those sometimes. And I thought of one that was pretty good and a little bit embarrassing. I don't know. You decide on what level with the embarrassment meter, if I should be embarrassed or not. Maybe I'm overreacting. But just recently... I purchased a new, brand new iMac 27-inch computer. I was running on a PC that my husband had put together, so generously put together for me for a while. And it worked great, but it's about five years old, and I was ready to go back to an entire Mac ecosystem, so everything just connects and just works. And I wanted that sweet, sweet Apple display. That is not the confession, although I'm really enjoying this new Mac. As I've been getting all of the Adobe programs up and running on this machine, I opened up Photoshop and was futzing around and my husband was in was in the room while I was starting to complain that, you know, God damn it, what is wrong with Photoshop? Every time I hold down the shift key and I try to resize something, hitting Apple T for transform, Typically, you'd hold down shift. You can adjust the size of whatever you're trying to manipulate. And by holding down the shift key, it retains its proportion. So I was complaining that it was going all wonky and weird every time I tried to hold down the shift key. And Adam, my husband, says, oh, they did away with that. Now it's that you adjust it, it automatically constrains the proportions. And when you hit shift, it unlocks it. And my mind was blown. <laughs> they, they pulled a fast one on me. But guys... I use Photoshop every single day in my job and, you know, most days for my personal and work endeavors, how this slipped by me and I've just been kind of working at a lower capacity because I thought this was some glitch and and fussing with it. Turns out I just wasn't up to date on a switch to the program. So now if you didn't know it, you're welcome. If you did know it, you're welcome because you can laugh at me for a little bit. When you hold down shift, it unlocks the proportion constraints. It really makes a lot more sense, which is probably why they changed it. Most of the time you want to retain the constraints. However, I will say in my defense, it has not been updated in this fashion in Illustrator. And I work in Illustrator a lot more for my business. So I'm defending myself. Anywho, that's my quickie confession for today. I'm always open and honest with you about my creative pitfalls. And that's, that's one of them. All right, moving on. So iPhone photography. I have had an iPhone since 2008. I think the iPhone 3 is the first one that I got. And I haven't switched it up because I'm satisfied and I don't need that much customization in my phone. And I'm always impressed by the camera and the cameras always improve every model. And I have always longed for the days where you don't have to carry a big camera. I love my DSLR. I love photography. I love being able to shoot when you get in the zone. I know how to work the camera. But so many trips that I've gone on, I struggle with the decision of whether or not to bring the camera on my personal use because I'll get there and not have it and be pissed because there's photo ops and I wish I had it to just get really creative with it. Or I bring it with me and it's heavy and it's cumbersome and I only end up taking it out for like a handful of photos and they're not even that great and I wish that I didn't bring it because I had to carry it the whole time. So I've always been all about smaller, compact photo options. I love the idea of having a capable little computer in your pocket that takes amazing photos. So I want to share some 
things that I have been doing with my iPhone to help me with a project recently and some snags that I've run into and just tips that I've cultivated along the way. So I've actually been using the iPhone in a sort of professional fashion for my day job. I had to take some pictures and wanted it to look like a more authentic iPhone TikTok e-vibe. I decided to just do that in the iPhone. I had the iPhone Pro, which boasts a 12 megapixel regular camera, 26 millimeter f1.8 aperture on the regular lens of the camera with optical image stabilization. The ultra wide has a 13 millimeter f2.4 aperture and the telephoto lens, the portrait lens, has a 52 millimeter aperture of 2.8. Zero. Now, if you're unaware, the iPhone Pro has three those three different lenses that come in handy when you're having when you're wanting to have more range in your shot. It looks kind of crazy, but all of the phones are you know going in that direction anyway with multiple lenses. So the wide is just as it sounds. You get a wider field of view. You get more context in the shot when you use the wide lens. When you use the telephoto. It's more of a zoom. You can zoom in closer. And the regular is just the frame of view that you're seeing through the phone. So our phone cameras have come a long way. I remember when I had a flip phone and it was a big deal to get a camera phone and then a big deal to have a phone that recorded video. I'm not even that old. Technology is just like, you know, on the rise. But the thing to note about iPhone Pro versus the DSLR is you're going to have a higher amount of megapixels in DSLR. For example, my 60 is a 20.2 megapixel camera, and that just means you're gonna have a lot more information than a phone, the iPhone Pro, which is a 12 megapixel. So 12 is still pretty high. It's higher than, you know, in comparison to old point and shoot cameras, but you know, just, you're not gonna have as much information in the image, in the file as you would with a DSLR. But if you know anything about photography, it's the study of light. And photography to me is a lot more about the composition, your creative point of view, you know, how you interpret a, a scene, you know, differently than someone else and how you manipulate the light. Whether you're shooting outside, you're shooting in shade, you're playing with shadows, you're using external lights, manufactured light versus sunlight. That is where the art of photography comes in. I've never been a huge gearhead. I don't intend to be in the future. I feel like if you're a good photographer, you can take an amazing photo on even a point and shoot, even a disposable film camera that those like almost don't even exist anymore. So another reason why I'm all in for mobile photography. You can buy different lenses that might up-level your photography on your phone. But again, I feel like if you're going to manipulate the light and make it work for you and your creative vision, you can do a lot without even having to do that. I used to own the Allo Clip for the iPhone 7 Plus, which is the camera, I, which is the phone that I had before this one. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, the three lens kit cost about $100 at the time, and it was fun to play with, but it has its limitations, and I felt like for my purposes, it just wasn't necessary, which is why I didn't upgrade. Also, when they changed the model and had the iPhone Pro come out, the old clips just don't work for them anymore because the hardware has changed. There are a handful of different external lenses you can buy that are clip-on or they work with a phone case for your phone that you could have fun playing around with and they're gonna give you a little bit more range than you would in the camera. For instance, if you get an external 
telephoto lens, you'll probably be able to zoom in a bit more without getting a distorted image. So that's just one thing you can do to even to try to up level your photography, but it's totally not necessary in my opinion. So the thing that you want to remember is work with your light. You can only do so much to an image that you shot on a phone because like I noted it's going to be smaller and it's going to be it's going to export JPEG photos which is a lossy format and a compressed format so even if you take it into Photoshop you're only going to be able to recover so much of the highlights you're only going to be able to open up the shadows so much without distorting your image because it's just going to look noisy and like I was saying because the megapixels you're not going to have a ton of information in that and when it's compressing it down to a JPEG, you're throwing out even more information. The iPhone Pro does have a night mode, which detects low light situations and allows a lot more light to hit the sensor so you get a brighter image and can take photos at night, but it's not perfect. It's not going to work in every situation and you're probably still going to get a good amount of, of noise. So you can shoot amazing photos on your iPhone there's billboards all over Los Angeles and I'm sure the world from Apple with like professional photographers saying shot on iPhone and it's possible. But if you think about it, they're using their expert knowledge in photography and they're setting up external lights or getting the right lighting conditions. They have a professional model. There might be retouching involved. So it's less about the camera and more about the craft of photography, in my opinion. One of the factors that I've felt held back using my use of the iPhone for more professional photography situations is the fact that when you take a photo through just the regular camera app, you, like I said, it exports a JPEG. So you don't have as much room to go in and play and manipulate with things after the fact. However, Adobe Lightroom has come out with an app for mobile, and this isn't the only one. There's lots of camera apps and there might be something that's even better than Lightroom for iPhone. Let me know if you like something better than this. I have been checking out Lightroom for mobile and primarily because it allows you to shoot in a raw format. Raw meaning that it's going to retain all that information in the image so you can manipulate it later either in Lightroom or you can export it onto, you know, your desktop and you can even manipulate it in Photoshop. So that was a big plus in me wanting to check this out. It actually exports the RAWs in DNGs, which is similar to your CRW file from Canon, if you're familiar. So I thought, oh, this is great. I can start using this professionally. I can take pictures that look more like the TikTok social media of our time, but have some control in the post. So I did that for a recent project, and this particular project required the use of a tripod. You want to use a tripod with any photography when you want to really get a still picture if you're shooting motion or if you, or certainly if you're going to shoot video, you want to lock off your camera so it's not moving all crazy. I have a cheap iPhone tripod that has jointed legs that you can curve around pretty much any pole or set it just on the surface. I think it cost me $8 off of Amazon. No big deal. Really easy to come by. Lots of selfie sticks have tripod capabilities these days. Super cheap, easy to use makes a world of difference when you're trying to really set up a frame. So this project called for locked off photos on a tripod. So I did that, got the phone up on a tripod, and I actually took some of my external lights and lit my scene 
with a gel light and another LED light to fill the area. And I opened up Lightroom and I was able to shoot directly in the app. You can adjust a lot of the settings like aperture, and white balance, the shutter speed. I'm not going to get into all the basic concepts of photography for this episode, but you have a lot of freedom within that app and you shoot directly there and it creates a catalog of the photos that you're shooting. And to do this on the tripod, you don't want to be using your finger to tap the button to take the photo because the whole reason you're using a tripod is so you're not getting motion in your shot. So you want to have some kind of either timer or trigger. The iPhone will allow you to put your shots on a 10 second delay, so that's helpful. However, if you're trying to shoot a lot of different things and you're in the midst of working with your subject, in whether it's table talk or whatever, you, you might want to shoot rapidly. So the 10 second timer isn't ideal for this. But what you can do, if you have an Apple Watch, you have that synced to your phone and you can actually trigger the shot through your watch. You cannot do that through Lightroom, unfortunately, but you can do it through the just regular camera app. So since I was working in Lightroom and I wanted to be able to trip the shutter, as they say, or just push the button and take a picture without having to touch the camera or the phone and shake the tripod, you can take a regular pair of Apple earbuds and plug those into your phone and the little volume button on the side actually acts as a trigger to take your photo. Fun fact. So you can just be holding that away from your your camera, your phone, and tap the button and you'll you can just click 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 away. And that was a lifesaver in this particular project. The other thing that you can do either in the camera app or it works the same in Lightroom for mobile is you tap on the screen when you're looking through the live view of your scene and you're about to take a photo tap on the screen on the thing that you want to stay in the focus and leave your finger there. So when you leave your finger there, you're going to see a box pop up and it says uh, focus lock or AE lock, I think. It Anyway, it locks your focus. So that'll lock your focus and that's helpful because the iPhone tries to do its very best. It has good intentions and it's going to try to compensate for you. So if there's any slight movement, it's it's might get confused and focus on the thing that you don't want it to be focused on. So you can lock the focus by tapping and holding. You can also tap and see a little sun come up and you can adjust it up and down in the camera app and that will manipulate the exposure that you're taking. Again, the iPhone tries to compensate itself. So if you've got a bright sunset, it might be blown out when it's trying to expose the other parts of the picture. So you can actually adjust that and then lock the exposure up or down and override the phone trying to do that for you. Very helpful things that again, you don't even need the Lightroom app. You can just use the phone. The Lightroom app, by the way, comes, you can download it for free if you already have Adobe Creative Cloud or already have a Lightroom subscription. If you don't, I think it's $15 just to use that on mobile. But with Lightroom, you can snap, snap, snap away and you're snapping RAWs, which is what I did. And the only thing, and I actually had some issues with Lightroom that I want to share in case you want to try it, but I had trouble with the exporting of it, of the raw images. My first issue was that you have to go into the settings in Lightroom to tell it to export DNGs, which is the raw file, because it's going to default to JPEGs. So first, that was the hurdle. I had to figure it out. Once you go in and you just do a drop down, change it to GNGs when you're exporting, you're okay. 
However, I was having a problem transferring these raw files through AirDrop and it would have taken way too much time to do it one by one. Fortunately, with some caution, because I'm gonna tell you what happened to me, you're able to plug in your phone directly to your computer and you can open up iTunes and you can actually drag the Lightroom folder onto your desktop and export the images that way, which is super quick and clean and easy. However, caution, warning, before you go trying all of this, look into what version it is and be aware that there is a bug in Lightroom mobile. So I snap snap away this is a project for work and I go ahead and try to extract the photos on my work laptop. So I plug the phone into my work laptop and I go to pull the files over and they look like they're in limbo. They're just getting stuck. So I thought it's taking a really long time and I thought, you know what? I just got this brand new iMac. I'm going to plug it into the iMac and it should be much faster so I can just transfer these images and get along with my life. So I ejected the phone from the laptop, the work laptop, and I went to plug it into my iMac, opened up iTunes, and the folder was there. So I go to drag the folder onto the desktop and it just keeps disappearing. Every time I put it on desktop, it's there for a hot second and it disappears. So I'm like, what is going on here? This is worse than even the laptop situation. And I unplug the phone and I go into Lightroom and I figure, you know what, I'll just try to do this you know, five photos at a time through AirDrop just so I can get these off of here because I don't know what's going on. And I open up Lightroom. All of my images are gone. The complete catalog is gone. I had set up some presets in Lightroom when I was doing this photo shoot. Everything's gone. I had a mini heart attack and just sat and stewed for about 45 minutes thinking I would have to do a whole work project all over again. And I didn't know that there was a bug at this time. So I just thought it was, I did something funky when I Maybe I unplugged something too fast and it wiped the computer or it wiped the phone. So I go and plug it back into the Mac, the iMac, and the folder's there. So it wasn't showing up in the i on the iPhone. It wasn't showing up in my files. It wasn't showing up in Lightroom. And the folder was there, but it was doing the same thing. I couldn't drag it. It kept disappearing. So I was ready to write it off as a loss and say, I just have to reshoot this again. My husband came over and helped and he found a third party program for the PC. He said, why don't I just look at it on the PC and see if I can read this a little bit better. He found a, he found some software called iMazing, I-M-A-Z-I-N-G. Use the trial copy because you do have to pay for it. And I think it only allows you to do a certain amount at a time, but he was able to extract the DNG files onto his PC. I got really, really lucky that he was able to help me find something to figure this out. And I still at that time thought it was me and that I did something wrong. But in that time I had Googled a bunch and saw that there were bugs with I with Lightroom that was causing this issue with mobile transfer to a desktop. Apparently what happens is once you plug the phone into another system, another computer, it triggers something that wipes the phone and there's no way to recover it. So that's really fun. Um, have that caution before you start fiddling around with i with the iPhone and with Lightroom. Apparently the new iOS that was released fixes the bug, but I'm a little skeptical and I haven't played with it yet. So I would say again, before I do and before you do go do some really important project, do some test shots and some test uploading before you rely solely on that. And sure enough, uh, Adam, my husband found an article on Apple Insider posting all about this bug the same day, but later in that day that we were having this issue. So I know I was, I'm sharing all my tips and tricks. So that's a, a tip to not fall down that hole without some caution. 
but that is a way that you can extract raws from the phone. So in this case, I was able to save them and I was able to open it up in camera raw and in Photoshop and have a lot more information to open up the shadows and pull back the highlights wherever I needed to. Luckily, this story had a semi-happy ending and a thank the universe or whoever you wanna thank for a small favor. I'm hoping and I'm assuming that all the bugs will be figured out if not with this update with the next one because it seems like a lot of people were complaining about it. And that's a huge deal if you are trying to market this mobile app to have people have all the creative and technical freedom in a phone to not be able to export in that way. It's a real miss. But again, since I'm going to be on this road trip, I think it's going to be the perfect time that I can test some of these features out with Lightroom and continue the journey of iPhone photography. Maybe check out some new apps, but not have the pressure of there's a job relying on this. I know what some of you might be thinking in that if you had your Apple iCloud backups turn on, this might not have been an issue for you. Well, I don't because Apple wants you to pay for more storage and I already pay through other storage services and just having a few Apple products that are synced to my same cloud Apple account, the free space that you get is all full with backups. I use that iCloud storage for nothing else besides backups and it's full. So that is why I didn't have that. <laughs> Go ahead, tweet me, send me messages with the recommendations or the things that I could have done differently. I'm happy to hear it, happy to learn. But that was my experience. But I look forward to seeing all the future capabilities through iPhone and mobile photography because it's just getting better and better and better. There's bound to be some bugs and some issues and some bullshit that you're going to have to deal with as this as it grows. And you know, that's kind of the case for technology with photography in general all the time. There's always going to be issues and there's always going to be that oh shit moment where something something malfunctions. If you have the means and you want to back it up through the Apple cloud, great, do that. If you back it up on other services, great, do that. Or just be cautious and know what you're relying on for really important projects. Anyway, still love the idea of having the freedom of a tiny little phone that fits in your pocket and being able to play creatively. If you have any shots that you've taken on your iPhone or other mobile devices that you're particularly proud of as in the photography realm, send them my way. I'd love to see. I'll go ahead and put that third party app in the show notes so you can check it out if you are dealing with the same issue. Best of luck, my iPhone photography friends and photography aficionados. We'll talk next week. I actually, um, spoiler, have a guest coming on, but I won't say who, but I'm going to have a guest next week. The week after that, I'll be able to tell you all about how the road trip went. Until then, stay safe and we'll talk soon. Thanks guys. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind. If you'd like to see more of my work, you can visit my website at jesskovic.com. And if you're interested in snagging some of my design products, you can visit my online art boutique at sugarbunchcreative.com. You can find and connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at jess underscore kovic. And finally, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store and then tell a friend. Why not? Until next time, take care and talk soon.